0: Recently, my husband got a job at a church three hours away from where we were living. So we had to move. And it happened sort of quickly. Like on August 1st, we found out that I was pregnant. And August 2nd, we found out that he got the job and that we were to move. And then by August 18th, we're here in our new place. And everything just happened so quickly. And it was just, it was hard to process everything, because it just happened so quickly. And I just super underestimated the toll that it was going to take on me and just how the enemy was going to plot and scheme against me. Hey sis, welcome back to Penthouse to Pentecost podcast. Whoo! Father, thank you for sending your Holy Spirit. Thank you for being our comforter. Thank you that you never leave us, that your word promises that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Be with us today. Guide our thoughts and our actions. Lord, we give you control and full access to move the way that you want us to. Allow us to be your hands and your feet. In Jesus' name, amen. So over the summer, like I had said, my husband Tim interviewed for a position at a church three hours from our home. Um, it's a it was like such a tailored position for him too. He's uh, we're both in recovery, and and that's what he was or is now because he accepted it. Spoiler alert: <laughs> he oversees the the life groups such as grief share, twelve step recovery, um, divorce care kind of all the sad things at church. (laughs) Um, So it wasn't like a random church. We have connections there. They had visited um, our church in St. Louis, and Tim um, was being mentored and is still being mentored by their founding pastor. Um, Tim also attended their school of ministry, so he's doing, like, online classes, but sometimes coming out here – Um, like driving the distance. And so we had connections is my point. And when he first heard about the job, he's like, no, I'm not moving my family out there. But a few days um, after he felt the spirit say, well, why don't you let them tell you that? So he applied. And after what felt like forever of us holding our breath, we found out that he got the position. And during the summer, during that interview process, it felt like we were holding our breath, like our lives were on pause. Um, but at the same time, we had, to, we had stuff to do. We have kids. We have um, a ministry that we uh, are leaders of, Celebrate Recovery, at our church. And um, I had made plans to homeschool our children. And so we were just acting as if we were staying because logically we had to. But um, August is typically a very busy month for us. Two of our baby's birthdays are back-to-back, our anniversary – Tim's brother's birthday as well as the anniversary of, um, of his brother's death. So August is heavy with joyful and devastating days. And this year, on our anniversary, August 1st, we started off super strong with a newly added excitement, a positive pregnancy test. <laughs> and I had a dream back in July um, that there was like, I saw a big calendar desk and on the calendar was the the month april and the next to the calendar was a big chunky baby and then the date april 16 got real big and then i woke up and i told him and and a few friends about the dream i was thinking that i was having a prophetic dream for a friend and i was e- even slightly convinced i knew who it was for but i was wrong <laughs> it was for me <laughs> And the following day, August 2nd, Tim received the phone call that um, from the church saying that he got the position, and a little bit later, he got another exciting piece of news that he was accepted into the master's program at Lincoln Christian College. So all of this new, exciting news, all these good things that were undoubtedly touched by the hand of God, shown to us individually with confirmation. All this good news meant that we were leaving, though, leaving an altar that we had built in St. Louis. Our recovery network, Celebrate Recovery, um, other 12-step programs that we had been a part of, our church home, our church family, our friends, our real family. I was excited and nervous and scared and everything, every emotion. And surprisingly, the school district in our new town was very highly rated and is still highly rated and predominantly uh, run by a Christian board. So this, along with some prayer, nudged us to put our kids in public school, which was a really big decision, and which meant my planning for homeschool was kind of tossed. And now I'm pregnant. I know how I've handled pre-partum. Pre-partum is a thing, okay, and postpartum in the past. And, and we took all that into consideration when we were making our decision as well. But I was mostly sad about not homeschooling. And if you look into the homeschool community, you can find a lot of judgment in sending your kids to public school. And on top of being sad, I was really worried about what people were going to think about my changing of mind. <laughs> um, and back to the postpartum, prepartum, man, I'm nervous about this still. And I'm just taking it day by day. Pregnancy hormones are no joke. And trying to not let them rule me is a spiritual battle. And just to quickly touch on my network of women in Christ and in recovery, it took me a long time to build this. It typically takes me a, a while to connect, to open up, to feel comfortable, um, to speak. It took me like four years in AA meetings to share. <laughs> um, and I think I'm getting better, but St. Louis is where I came to Jesus, where I started to blossom. I started to feel like a potted plant being transported to another town. And will I be planted in the ground in this new town, or will this be temporary? Will we come back to St. Louis? Tim seems to think so. We also left behind a ministry. And now I don't ever want to hold what God has given me so tightly that I'm unwilling to let go. And if I'm brutally honest, I was kind of relieved to let this one go. Because it was grueling and uh, we learned a lot, but it was painful, and it was it was a lot. Um, the learning was painful, and I know that more of that is to come. But in my heart of hearts, I truly loved every minute of it all. Maybe because I'm addicted to chaos, <laughs> but I saw Jesus heal there. I saw dry bones literally come alive there, and it was beautiful to be a part of. And. When the church decided to let C.R. go after no one was willing to take it over, I was really sad and a little mad. (laughs) So anyway, uh, we moved kind of quick. August 2nd is when we found out that he got the position, and August 18th, we were living in our new place, and that the church didn't make us move quickly, but our decision to put our girls into school drove us to make things happen quickly because school's starting. And God really opened up doors here, too. So, anyway, my point in the longest preface ever is, with all of these positive things happening, feeling truly led to be here in so many more ways than I shared, I didn't even realize that it was possible that I could be grieving. And when a tiny idea came to my mind that maybe I was, I felt unjustified in feeling the way I did because they were such positive changes. So it got pretty dark and um, I kept, I keep in contact with some friends out there and um, it just became really easy to isolate and just stay home with my two-year-old, you know, and not, um, I, I did plug in like before, before I moved, I made sure to check out what kind of women's ministries were going to be at the church and Just wanted to, like, be proactive about that. Like, there's something that I know about myself um, is that when I don't plug in, it's super easy to isolate. So I was trying to be proactive, trying to be like, I know better, so I'll do better, right? And I did. I signed up for the things. And um, one of them is, like, Tuesday morning um, for a couple hours. And they have childcare, which is super awesome for me because I'm a stay-at-home mom. And so it was just, like a godsend really. And I'm going to these things and I'm just not connecting, you know? And, um, Tim, my husband, he's like, we have everything we need. This has just been like a theme lately. We had to get rid of a lot of stuff to move. We had to downsize quickly. Um, and it was just very overwhelming in itself. Um, And I'm like, fight or flight, I'm absolutely flight. I'm like, let's just go. Let's just get out of here. Let's throw everything away. But then, you know, then we're missing stuff and that's not great. So, um, so we get here and, um, I'm, I'm doing the things, you know, and just not really feeling it. So Tim's like, our theme right now is that we have everything. God is everything. And we have him and we have everything. He supplies all of our needs. He's good. He's faithful. He's he's a provider, um, Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. And I'm like, man, that's so good. It's so true. You know, we don't need all this extra stuff. Like he is everything. We have everything we need right now. And like to try to stay there was good. But it's like, I need God with skin on. I need connection. You know, like it is not good for man to be alone and although that was talking about Adam in the garden, it's not good for Ashley to be alone. <laughs> it is just not. Like, we are meant to be in community with each other. Uh, I need other Christ-following women that are strong in prayer and and that will help lift me up and not do all the heavy work. Like, I have to do some work too, but I need that constant encouragement because left to my own devices, my mind is a dangerous place to be. Many of you know, if you've heard my testimony, that I go to 12-step programs um and that's just kind of something that they talk about in there too like if if i'm my own sponsor i have a really bad sponsor because if it was just me and god out there then i wouldn't have you know wound up super drunk and on drugs right and and doing lots of shameful things um left to my own devices i am a sinner and i gravitate towards that and specifically in this season i gravitated towards negative thinking and Man, it's it's such a tricky one because it's hidden, right? And um and it's so easily fueled. And like the devil just whispers one little thing, and then I feed it, I feed it, and and what I had realized is that I'm having communion with the enemy. I'm inviting him to sit down and eat dinner with me, and I'm just um, you know, fueling these negative thoughts about the, the place where I live, um, you know, just starting to, to really attack me and my identity in Christ. And that is just so, it's just so my insecurity, you know? And, and I think that the devil knows that I'm pretty sure. Um, he's a smart guy. Let's just give him credit. Okay. But his schemes are not different. Like <laughs> he doesn't have any new tricks, but they, they somehow still work on me, especially when I'm isolated. It's that lost lamb, you know, and and when I'm in that dark place, I can't see. Everything is dark. I cannot even hear from the Lord, and that's really where I got. Um, I'm going through the motions. I was doing the things, getting the kids ready. The kids are on, you know, um, going to school, lunches. Like, I feel like on the outside, it looks great, right? I'm going to these Bible studies. I'm going to these women's events, I'm showing up, I'm doing all these things, but like I, in my head, it is dark, you know? I'm feeling depressed. Like there were days I just didn't even want to shower and I know, I know that those things are not good and those are warning signs, but it's like the knowledge is just not enough for me, you know? I need to be connected with women and in those dark places, I really don't like opening up. I really do not like talking about things as I'm going through them. But luckily, there's one group that I'm a part of where, specifically, that's what you do. <laughs> so, so I was forced a little bit after not going to that group, um, finally going. And um, on the way, it's a, a weekly group. And the first group that I went to there, I just like fell apart. And it was just ugly crying and really gross. And then the second week that I went, um, on the way in the car there, I had the radio off or turned down or, or, you know, I wasn't listening to it, wasn't paying attention, just driving. And I heard so clearly, hey, you're supposed to rebuke those thoughts. (laughs) And like, what a novel idea, you know, it just kind of like blew my mind. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. Are these thoughts lining up with God's word? Like, absolutely not, you know. And, um, And I'm just like, thank you. Thank you for letting me hear that, that little small thing, you know, and then I have a great day. And then that night there is this women event at church and specifically she was talking about lamenting. And I'm like, you know, we'll see. I don't know. Let's see what the Lord has. Um, um, I heard somebody say this week that he doesn't waste words. He really doesn't. And he can just say a few words and it could mean so many things to so many different women or men. I'm just saying (laughs) right here, it's sisters. (laughs) Um, so I go to this women's event about lamenting. It's just like you, um, they, they serve scones and coffee and then you worship and then there's a speaker and then they do like ministry moments where it's, um, some of them are like silent, you know, um, and like directed. And, um, and then there's also table time where you can fellowship with other women. Um, So just all the good stuff together. And so she's talking about grieving and this lady, she gave everybody in the room um, permission to grieve small things and big things. And she gave examples of some of the stuff that she had went through and the way that the enemy was isolating her and like, oh, you can't reach out to your friends because they're going through stuff that's so much worse than you. I've heard that. I've heard that lie. But that's what it is. It's a lie. And that's how she, you know, just approached it. It's like, that's how the enemy likes to isolate us as well. Um, I can't share this. um, Because it's not worthy of being shared. And I don't know if you're going through that, then I just would like to Reiterate that that is a lie. That you need to reach out. That we need each other. We need community. We need to talk about things. The problems that you're going through, there are no two small problems, um, and the Lord wants to meet you right there, and um, no matter how big or small, He cares about it. Um, and and I guess that's what I'm gonna talk about right now, is um, you know I'm I'm all up in my feelings, and she's she's saying. There's typically two ways that humans grieve, and it's um, deny, there's no problem, we're not going through anything, nothing's a big deal, and then the other is to just wallow in despair, and that's where I found myself. At first, I was denying, I'm like, there's no time to process this, I have to just, you know, rally through this, I got three kids and a husband, I got stuff to do, no time to take care of myself, and I know better, but I still (laughs) fell victim to that. And, um, and then I went straight to despair. I'm like, clearly God, you know, God has left me. (laughs) He plucked me out of my home and put me in the middle of no one. You know, I don't know anybody here. Um, and he's not here anymore. He left me. And, um, she said, but there's a third way. And this is what the Bible instructs. And she, um, she said, the Lord wants you to lament. It's biblical to lament. And what that looks like is taking these problems to the Lord. And she gave us permission to wholly complain. And this is something that I was really struggling with that the enemy was kind of twisting up too. Cause I'm like, well, the Israelites complained and they didn't get the promised land. So I don't want to complain to the Lord. Like he is sovereign. He's good. Um, it's not his fault. You know what I mean? But at the same time, simultaneously, just feeling like, where you at, God? <laughs> you know, and um, and she she explained holy complaining as um, humbly coming to the Lord and saying things like, God, I know that Your hand was on this situation. For us to be moved. I know that everything that led up to this moment was so you filled with confirmation. I know that your promises are true, that you're faithful, um, that that you began a good work in us and you're faithful to to see it through. Um and I know that your word is true, but I just don't feel it right now. I feel like you've left. I cannot hear you and I feel alone. I feel like you don't care about me in this situation. And, um, man, what freedom that I found in that, you know, that I can take my problems to the Lord, that he cares and that he wants to hear my, my open, humble heart about these situations. And, um, and just in doing that, oh, I was already starting to feel so much better. And then Um, there was some, a few other steps that, that kind of went along with, um, with her presentation, but that was the, the one that stuck out to me. They just gave me permission to take it to the Lord. Nothing's too big for him. Um, and I'm not like, I'm not griping at him. I'm not like a nagging wife. I'm like, where are you at? I need you. I, I feel lost alone. I, I need you here. And, like before we left, I'm getting dreams and visions and, and all this stuff. And I just feel you so clearly. And then I get here and it just got real dark, you know, like, I don't want to live in that. I want to live close to you, Lord. And, um, so afterwards I went up for prayer, which I don't like doing. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I just don't, I'm not a fan, but I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me to. So I did it. And, um, I just kind of explained to this poor girl what all was going on in my mind. And, and, um, even just the thought that, you know, I feel like the Holy Spirit's left me, like I cannot hear from him. And she's like, well, before we even get started, let's just rebuke that right now. Um, just, we renounce the lie that the Holy Spirit's left, that he's still speaking to you, that he's still here guiding you and, um, and comforting you. The Bible says that he is the comforter. And, um, man, just doing that, like freed me so much. And she, she, you know, we, we prayed and it was really, really powerful. And she had said, uh, she had suggested this book called the daily decree. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I wrote it down. I'm like, I don't know. I take book recommendations kind of heavy. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's not often that, that I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely going to read that. Cause it it just takes a lot for me to read a book, but this is more of like a devotional. So I, um, I wrote it down and I have all, I had also been praying that the Lord would send a song, um, a new song that I would hear him freshly and, and that he would speak to me new in a new way and with new eyes and, um, just something to worship him with or, you know, just a word. And the next day, um, this friend that I have met here that I'm not super close with yet, but I just, we really connected and um, and have, have, you know, hit it off. I didn't tell anybody any of this except my husband. Um, and the next day, she sent me unprovoked, like, <laughs> three pages, like, one of the excerpts from the book, The Daily Decree. And she sent me a song and I didn't tell her any of the stuff that was happening. And the one that the, the passage or, um, you know, devotion for the day that she sent me from the daily decree, um, was regarding our families and our homes and, um, just protecting it in prayer, just covering our homes in prayer. And, um, just a a quick little flashback. I had a dream when we got here, actually, that, um, basically i don't remember the dream but what the the impression on my heart was that i need to be anointing our home with oil and i i i've never done that i always like see people on you know reels or instagram i'm like i feel like they're just doing that for show i don't know why <laughs> like super judgmental um and so I reached out to somebody that I, I love dearly and I trust and she's just like, you know, deep in the word and she's been a faithful follower of Christ for 30 something years. And, um, she's somebody that, that I would call like a mentor to me. And I asked her about it and she sent me some scriptures regarding, you know, why that's a good idea. And, um, and then my friend, so, so I had oil, um, is my point, And I, I had done that. Um, but then she sent it again. It's like we we stay persistent, you know, we don't just want and done. We can't rest on the laurels of of our prayers yesterday, you know, I need to do it again. And especially at this time where I'm so vulnerable. Um, and my family is so vulnerable. So I um and the song that she sent me, I'm gonna link it in here. It's um I don't um I'm not allowed to play the songs <laughs> because I don't own them, but I can at least direct you to it. It's called I plead the blood by Cody Carnes. And then there's the version with um, Brandon Lake and Chris Davenport. So powerful, just talking about pleading the blood over your house, like the enemy doesn't have a stake in this war. Um, And just taking back that authority. And I forget, ladies, how important it is to speak this stuff. I can read all day, but there is power in the tongue. There's power of life and death in the tongue. It's so important to speak these things. And when I continue to speak them, I start to believe them. Just like when I continue to speak the lies, I start to believe those, right? So, it's so important that I take captive these thoughts, these lies that the enemy's whispering to me, and I hold scripture to them, and I say, this does not line up with the word of God. I rebuke this in Jesus' name, and then I move forward, and I continue to bless my household and ask the Lord to just come and fill this place with his sweet presence, his sweet fragrance. Whew. So... Um, so I'm just like after Thursday feeling like I had a real breakthrough, you know, and then, and then just those little God winks, like, like I needed God with skin. I needed that, you know, and, and I needed to open up in order to get it. So, um, I, I'm going to paraphrase this story pretty terribly, but I think it's so worth looking up and looking into, and I'll try to link something below, but I was reading about leprosy. And how, um, like, when people get leprosy, they, they basically lose the feeling in their, in their nerves. And so they start to, like, pick themselves to death. And that's really what kills them is that they start doing things um, because they can't feel anything. And um, the same things that cause us pain um, cause us to feel joy and um, I just think that's so beautiful, you know. Like sometimes we have to go through um, some pain to feel the goodness, to feel the the joy and the um all the good stuff, you know. So I'm in the um I'm doing a, a devotion. We're in a program called Regeneration, which is like an, a twelve step a Christ centered twelve step group, and that's through church. That's something that um, my husband oversees as part of his job, and um. And so I felt kind of like forced into it. I'm not going to lie. But I was excited, you know, at first. And then I get there and I'm like discouraged. I'm like, this is not like what I used to know. And, you know, I'm looking back and I'm like missing what we had. Um, But then I start diving in and I just start praying, God, give me fresh eyes when I look at this stuff. Give me a new revelation um, of your love for me and help me put aside all the things that I think that I know about recovery and give me something new. And so part of the devotion, um, this past week, it was talking about hope and they referred to Habakkuk one, two through three. And I'm going to read Habakkuk two through five because two and three and four don't really give me hope. I'm just going to be honest with you, (laughs) but it says, how long Lord must I call for help, but you do not listen or cry out to you violence, but you do not save why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked him and the righteous so that justice is perverted. And the next section starts off. It says the Lord's answer in my Bible. And it says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told and um he he answers um and and he gives us hope and he's doing things that we can't see my radar is so slim and so sometimes so selfish right i can only see what's in front of me i can only see like through my peripherals which is you know pretty a uh, pretty decent radar but it's not everything i cannot see everything but the lord is all knowing and he's all present he's all all up in it he knows everything and and he loves us and not because of anything that we did or who who we are, it's because of who he is. He loves us so much and he sees us in our situations. He sees what's going on in the world and he knows and he loves us and he has good plans. And it's easy to be like, I'm in a good season. I could tell that there's good plans. Everything's going well for me. But to be in a dark season and and to say that, um, I have to stay connected. I have to stay in the word. I have to to be persistent and, and the bible says to work out your faith with fear and trembling i have to continue to walk and press into him because he's a good father and he has good plans for his children and he does not take us and pluck us somewhere and then just drop us there that's just not like him he has more for us and he's not done with us yet he's got um he's got good plans he's a good father he is Lord, thank you for this gift of lament. Thank you for your good nature and your good character, that nothing is too big or too small for you. Thank you for loving us through it all and growing us in it all. Thank you that you work everything out for our good and your glory. Teach us to be more like you, to love more like you. Holy Spirit, rise up within us today and empower us to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen.